man, what a great day to be an Eagle. Mercy. Well, Eagle Nation, it was a historic night in Statesboro, Georgia, capped off by a win. Georgia Southern makes history, putting 26,483 fans in Paulson Stadium. Cody, you were one of those. Um, It seemed like an electric atmosphere. I was watching from afar in Colorado, um, but uh, again, made that much sweeter uh, with a 38-28 win over Coastal Carolina. Um, kicking off Sunbelt Conference play 1-0 and and improving to 4-1 and on the season. Yeah, fantastic atmosphere, I thought. Uh, fantastic um, victory. Um, we're going to get into it here shortly. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly in that game. Um, but no, to me, I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought the fans were fantastic. It felt packed. It looked packed. Uh, the fourth quarter with all the lights and everything I thought was amazing. The best that that's ever looked. And just overall, I thought just a <clears throat> a great, great atmosphere for this game. Um, I don't know. I hope that it got through um, <laughs> the TV um, because it was electric, at least at least from where I was sitting at. It was. It did. It and, did, yeah. Okay. I mean, the NFL Network broadcast, I think, honestly, probably one of the better national TV broadcasts we've had in a while. Um, announcers, I thought, were great. Did not call us Georgia State once. Um, knew their stuff. Well, that's uh, knew, good. Yeah. Did their research. Um, definitely seemed pro us, uh, which was mm-hmm. not the refs, right? Which was the no. one, 180 of Goodness. the refs. They literally, like, called out, like, oh, yeah, they were Coastal was like clearly holding on that play. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Georgia Southern has every right to be mad about that. But, um, but yeah, I thought overall the, the the broadcast was great. But it was loud. It was it was really loud. I mean, the the Georgia Southern chants, the whose house, our house. Um, just the the uh, cheering on on third down and fourth down uh, yeah. plays on the when Coastal was on offense, it it definitely came through the TV, which is not always the case. Um, you know the the mic situation of the um, of the referees was terrible. I don't know if yeah, and that's been honestly, it hasn't been that bad in quite a while. So I don't know how what went on there, but even the video board, the sound there for some reason went out <clears throat> today. Um, so there was the music that was piped in, obviously, in between downs and in between, you know, TV timeouts and quarters and all that stuff, which was fine. But for some reason, anything played on the video board was the sound was not coming through. So there was some sort of audio issue that was going on um, within the stadium. But outside of that, it was I thought it was great. You mentioned the Georgia Southern chants. Um, fantastic. They even I mean, that was started several times throughout the game. Um, especially on like what second, third, fourth downs that we had that yep. going. Um, great, great, great. Um, I haven't felt that. I haven't heard that in quite a while. Um, you've known this cause you've been to some of these games in which you only hear that chant at the beginning of the game and at the fourth quarter and then that's it. <laughs> right. But I felt like, um, not to, not to sound like an old man here, but I think I am. It, it felt like it was like 
back when you and I were in college and it just was just a vicious atmosphere in terms of fan engagement and wanting to really bring the noise and be an absolute bothersome crowd to the opponent and get them out of their comfort zone and to get them feeling anxious and and flustered and I think you saw that at least in one quarterback's performance tonight um, if not in a lot of the coastal players and how they seem to be a little bit more on edge and a little bit <clears throat> more out of their out of their comfort zone yeah no crowd crowd was definitely a factor I know you know we obviously have one of the best winning percentages all time in, in college football history um, in FBS. Uh, but, you know, when we put, what, uh, 23,000 or more, I believe, 23 and change, um, we're undefeated. That still reigns true, right, with the 26,483. Yes. Yes. Um, so Power Paulson is real, right? It's it's not just a – Very um, much real. Yeah, not just a buzzword. It is very much a real thing. And you saw it. Yeah, you saw it in McCall's performance with the four interceptions. We'll get more into that. Um, but – Welcome to Gata Talk. Uh, my yes. my name is Matt. That is Cody. Do the uh, advertisement. We're, we're, we're recording this on the night of the game. Um, so so yeah, that that definitely uh, feelings are still at all time high. Um, but yeah, a lot to get through with this one. But we do want to thank our title sponsor, Can Cut Tools. Um, so go check them out. It's an alumni owned business, Andy Thompson. Um, I know he is, uh, um, you know, probably on, on cloud nine after this one. Um, it's a, uh, alumni owned business. It's a Georgia small business. So go support that. If you're, um, it's premium drill bits and cutting tools. So if you are a mechanic working a mechanic shop, fabricator shop um, or know someone who uh, does definitely go give them a look can cut tools it's k-n-k-u-t.com can cut.com go check them out so uh with that he was Cody, at the game i didn't get a chance to meet him but he was at the game there today. you go there you go um he was yeah he was at wisconsin i believe i don't know if he went to ball state but um but yeah i mean so Let's talk more about this one. So I guess first, let's focus in on that attendance record. Um, so, okay. again, great. It's a great accomplishment. I know there was, like, some chatter online of, like, did we actually hit it? Did we inflate the numbers? Right? We we sold out the tickets, right, which is always a yeah. contentious topic. We so that's, like, that's the, that's the Georgia State model, right, is, like, tickets sold, not butts and seats. So like the the question or is, did we actually away. or tickets given away and that sort of thing, right? So like a combination of all of the above with yeah, the free tickets for the military, the steep discounted tickets for like um, for uh, staff right of the university. Yeah. You had Southern Exchange giving away like hundred plus tickets. You had Danny Reed giving away tickets like at the. Um, at the Monday show at uh, wall wing, um, things like that. So, so yeah, with those, are people actually going to show up, right? Are they going to take advantage of those free tickets when you don't have a exactly. large investment in it? Um, and, and yeah, are you actually getting butts and seats? So Cody, in your opinion, 26,483, would you say there were that many, uh, you know, derriers in the, in, in Boston stadium? They were butts in the seats. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you could tell them about the top, the top section but yeah that top section was pretty filled out outside of the coastal side obviously that we've that we give them those tickets but no i felt like it there was butts and seats the student section i'm sure you could see that on tv was completely filled out 
Um, and of course, you're always going to have some season tickets that you know people just can't make it to the game or whatever. But if that was few and far between, especially for this game. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I think uh, of that twenty six thousand that was there. I think that I mean. I don't know. I, it, it looked like it, at least it felt like it, that there was 26,000 people in that stadium. I don't see where that number is inflated. I don't see how anybody can think that, to be quite honest with you. Um, but it was a uh, it was a great crowd. Um, regardless, um, fantastic atmosphere. And uh, I credit to Jared Binko Athletic Department and everybody who was involved. I know that you mentioned... You mentioned Southern Exchange giving away tickets, Andy Reid giving away tickets. Um, trust me, they may be given away for free, but I guarantee you somebody bought those tickets, whether it was oh, yeah. you know, William from Southern Exchange or Danny Reid himself, um, or yeah, donations or whatever. Are being made. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. the, those tickets are not just willy nilly just being given away freely. Um <clears throat> that's not that we as I guess as you can say, Irk would say it. We're too poor to do that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, we are. Uh, it, it was. I don't know. I anybody who says anything negative about this crowd tonight, I just don't get it. I mean, that stadium was rocking, and students showed fun? out, which students which you know, showed out yeah. great, which is yeah, great, right? Stayed. Because that's one that right in state, and that's the key, right? And I know there's some promotions and things like that, but. Let's be honest, like, I mean, we were all starving college kids at one point yes, and yes. like living on ramen noodles and, and, uh, you know, and, and, um, like, uh, natty light and things like that. But, <laughs> but, you know, giving away some, uh, beats, you know, earbuds and then like a TV and yeah. like whatever, like it's great, but like that's probably not going to keep you there. So it's, 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 no. it's great that, that the students came out, um, and showed up early, you know, we're there, um, pretty much at kickoff for the most part. That was, uh, that section was fully filled out. And, uh, but the, yeah, the big key is staying through to the end. And I mean, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. So, I mean, if, if this game was a blowout or if God forbid we, we lost bad, um, maybe that's a different story. Um, but this was a close game through four quarters um and and definitely interesting there so yeah. Uh, so yeah and which we're going to talk about more um but uh but yeah it was great to see the students come out so regardless of of like arguing over um you know numbers numbers and case. stuff yeah, yeah just enjoy the moment like it's great i'm just so thankful that we won i'm just so yes. thankful <laughs> that we won after that because that would have been such a letdown if we were gonna if we ended up losing that football game and it which yes. leads me to kind of my next point and and i'm glad that i'm able to like have this kind of mini rant um after a win because it's it's gonna come off i think as uh much more digestible and not as harsh as if if we were reeling from a loss um but you know again huge accomplishment you know put numbers aside it it is what it is that's the number we set the new record that's awesome that record can be broken just like the last one the point i'm trying to make here is like there was a huge push obviously to get here um there was a huge marketing push um you know uh fans were doing their part to it was family weekend. Fans were doing their part. The ones that are most vocal on, on social media, trying to get students to show up, trying to get their friends and family to show up, trying to get, you know, alumni who have never been back to a game to show up. Um, 
that that sort of thing, which is great and that should happen. But when compared to our peers, namely like an app state, right, who's consistently putting thirty thousand plus in Kid Brewer Stadium, right? And and I know they've they've hit or at least reported numbers close to forty thousand. Now their stadium only holds thirty, so everyone's like, Oh, you know, what's going on there? But I mean, the eye test, just like like we always use on Georgia State, the eye test doesn't lie. They pack that stadium out, and they do it consistently. And they're coming off of a bad year last year, their worst year in FBS history. Um, we have to – They're still packing it out. They're still packing it out, exactly. We have to – what we did this Saturday <clears throat> against, um, against Coastal, we have to make the norm, right? Uh, the, the, the program – held up their end of the bargain and they won the football game. They put, you know, a, a good product on the field and won the game. Um, we have to get to a point that doesn't mean that we're not going to do marketing or that we shouldn't do ads or that we shouldn't do ticket specials or anything like that. My point is, it's like, we shouldn't have to like pander to the fan base or beg people to show up and, um, and attend these games, right? Like, this is an exciting time in George Southern football's uh, history. Um, we need to show up and show out every game. And I want to get to a point where what happened tonight is no longer a big deal that we're breaking the attendance record every time, you know, because we're getting 10, 20, 30 more people in there and filling up the Hill and doing standing room only and all that. Like, I just want that. I want it to be the hottest ticket in town, the hottest ticket in not just, you know, South Georgia, but the state of Georgia. Like, you know, obviously we don't have anywhere near the capacity of um, of Sanford Stadium or, or even Georgia Tech, but like make it be a hot ticket where you're selling tickets on the third market and then things like that. Because it, right. Yeah. Because like, um, like you see, you know, back in the day with Boise and like things like that, that's what I want to get at. So like, <clears throat> um, Congrats. It's awesome. Good job, Eagle Nation, um, for being a part of that. But let's make this the norm where, like, yeah. you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it because it's just, it's just normal. Yeah, let's make this the norm. And that way, you know, Jared Bingo can, can focus on other stuff outside of trying to push ticket sales for two or three weeks. Right. Yeah, um, we don't need him on video, Helton on video, the president of the university and Marrero like on video begging people to come, you know, like that's what I'm getting at. It's like yeah. it's it's great, it happened, it worked. Um, but like let's move past it and now that like we've got to as a, a, as a yeah. fan base, we need to do our part and continue to show up and to continue without all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to what, twenty six thousand four hundred and some change tonight? Four eighty three. I yeah. mean, to me, you know, that's a little over five hundred away, or <clears throat> almost what forty five hundred away from from thirty thousand. Let's try to make that the next goal. I mean, shoot, if we beat GM or yeah, James Madison in two weeks, I mean, we got ULM coming into town, and then we got Georgia State after that. Let's try to push it to see how much we can get to thirty thousand. Could be a ring football um, team at that point. It could be. Yeah. It could be. So <clears throat> no, I I I am agreeing with you on your point that as a fan base we don't or we should do better in terms of making this the norm and and continuing to sell out paulson um again great effort by by everybody involved 
but let's do our part as fans and not have them work so so hard to to sell out the stadium because honestly as you said the product on the field and we'll get into it here in a minute as frustrating as fans could be <laughs> yeah. about about this football game we still put more than 30 points on the board and we still beat coastal by two by two, two scores, scores. Yeah. um which was not looking that that was going to be the case at certain no. times of of tonight so again this team is don't want to don't want to give their heads you know make their heads too it's big, the markings of a good special. football team yeah it's markings it of a good football it team we, we the first as half especially as the first can, quarter was probably yeah. was by far the worst of the season and probably the worst yeah. of the clay helton era um it was the worst of brian ellis offense looked um certainly in the first half um but probably even somewhat in the in like the fourth quarter too third quarter looked great um, but you know, it, it, yeah, there was a lot of problems, a lot of penalties, for sure. ups and downs. Defense wasn't perfect all the way. They definitely probably shined, you know, more than, than the offense did in this one. Um, but, but yeah, that's again, the markings of a good team when, when you can have yeah. a really sloppy game, but the ball bounces your way win. and you still win you still win, you know, fairly big or by two yeah. scores. Yep. So no, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Clay Helton and Brian Ellis and now Brandon Bailey, they have done their – they are doing their best to put the best product on the field. And we, to me, we are head and shoulders above what we were, you know, two, three years ago. Um, and to me, we're – I don't know if we're as dominant statistically as we were during the Fritz years, but, daggum, we're getting pretty close, Matt, um, especially this year with our offensive numbers. So Points per game, I think we are more. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're yeah we're <clears throat> we're getting there, um, but no, I mean, do you want to just go ahead and get into it? I know we've kind of spent yeah, the first yeah, no. like twenty minutes <laughs> kind of getting into the audience. I mean, not the audience, but the attendance and the atmosphere and all that. Yeah, yeah, let's get into chat, it. So, but, so like I said, okay. thirty-eight twenty-eight um, was the final. Uh, we have uh, twenty-seven first downs. So they're twenty-one. We were eight of seventeen on third down. Uh, we're terrible on first on on third down conversion in the first half. Came in in the country in the top twenty, I believe, seventeenth in the country on third down conversion. Um, probably have dropped out of the top twenty-five after this one. Um, but yeah, offense looked really bad out of the gate. Um, we get the first touchdown after you know def- uh, defense probably has their worst start of the season, um, letting them march down the field. Uh, McCall did a lot of that himself. Effortlessly, it seems yeah. like. Well, McCall did a lot of that himself. He we did. were getting pressure and stuff on him. We just were letting him, you know, yeah, make make plays with his feet. He had, like, the kind of heave that, uh, um, that their player came down with I thought was, like, actually pretty good coverage, but then guy just came down with it. Um, they do the, the pitch play on the option, um, and then end up, uh, scoring. So, um, yeah, defense looked to kind of come out flat. Offense definitely came out flat. Um, we ended up getting, you know, a big penalty on the face mask, um, which again, officiating was absolutely terrible. It was like five seconds late of them even throwing that flag with Bryn looking out of his ear hole. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that gave us, that gave us new life. We ended up, uh, scoring the touchdown. Sorry, I was watching the Cam Williams interception again, that incredible. Oh yeah. That he made. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. <laughs> no, but 
So 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 so, so yeah, yeah, the first touchdown of the game um, should have been a uh, should have been intercepted. Right, uh, um, uh, twice really. That there, there was two coastal players there. A tip drill, um, and yeah, and <clears throat> and get the touchdown. Um, like I said, I mean, so, sometimes it helps to be lucky, and, and we were lucky in this game at times. Um, but uh, you know, we got things going. The third quarter, look, all all our points came in the second and third quarter. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, third quarter looked great. So definitely made some, some halftime adjustments. Um, I thought the, the drive right before the half when the defense held them and instead of getting conservative, uh, we went into the two minute drill and mm-hmm. came down and got that touchdown to the lead. That was, that huge. was huge, 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 huge. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that was big. Uh, obviously a lot more to talk about, but Cody, I'll let you have your piece here. Yeah, no. Uh, you're right. The offense, this was the slowest we've started out a football game this year. If you look at even uh, Wisconsin, the defense was on fire um, coming out of the gates and held them to what what was it, seven points in that in that first half, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the other games, you look at uh, UAB, you look at Citadel, and then obviously Ball State the previous week. Um, very quick starts by our defense to to establish their their identity, their dominance, and to allow our offense to get out in front of our opponents to build up uh, quick leads and to kind of put our opponents you know behind the eight ball, so to speak. Uh, that did not happen in this game. Um, obviously, you know they get the ball first, as you said, they march right down the field. Um, they converted a couple of I think third down conversions on that drive, and. I mean, like you said, they they walked right in <clears throat> and scored. And I thought that was um, we were going to have a lot of trouble because they used Grayson McCall and his legs, and they you know did some draw plays, they did option plays, and they obviously he threw it. Um, and I thought if they kept that up throughout the game, that that was going to pose us some <clears throat> some big problems. But they got away from that, and and they didn't. And they started to use him more as a drop back passer in more of your traditional running game and didn't really go back, at least from what I could tell, didn't really go back to any more of the really options or, or using Grayson as his, for his legs outside of the one drive in which he got to like the one yard line right before they scored. But for the majority of the game after that, they didn't really use him. Um, but the offense comes out um, outside of that first drive. And again, it just looks slow. Um, like they did not, I, you and I were texting during the game, but they just did not look like they had prepped as well, um, as they did for the ball state game. Um, and they just did not come out as on fire. It did not look like they were in sync. And I don't know if that was maybe nerves from the, uh, you know, from the attendance that was there. I think it was nerves. Um, I don't think it's not being there. prepared. I, I don't see in any way that you come into this game less prepared than you were for Ball State. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't see that, right? So, like, I, I, I think they let the moment, in that moment, get the best of them. I, I really okay. do, yeah. yeah. Where, where Coastal came out, where they had a chip on their shoulder, they had something to prove, and then later on, once we got things going, combined with the crowd noise and all those things, we started seeing that taking effect and, and them, you know, starting to regress. Um, you know, but, and, that's, yeah. and that's a great point that you just made as the chip on their shoulder and something to prove. 
we have to keep in mind that they've already had one conference loss at Georgia State the prior the previous week, whereas this is our first conference. This was so do or right. die for them. I mean, this is pretty, a yeah. this was a must win game for them, and 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 honestly, they came out playing that way. That they they you know you're already down 0-1, and and you can't afford to me you cannot afford to lose two conference games right off the bat and expect yourself to win the division. And you're right, they came out <clears throat> as as a team that. Uh, felt like they could not lose this game and that's a great point I think the mindset between the two teams is something different this is our first conference game we're finally getting you know what we call into the real season of the collegiate football year mm-hmm. whereas Coastal has already had that game and realized they can't lose another one at least they can't lose it back to back to start off 0-2 so you could you could tell that they were more of a desperation mode so to speak and, and understood that uh, they needed to come out and win this football game but Again, I think to a credit to the team and to the mentality, even with the slow start, we found a way to keep it close and take the lead into the first half, which you and I will agree was huge. Great. Absolutely huge. Great segue um, there. And I, yeah. what, and I think you're in agreement because we kind of talked beforehand, but mm-hmm. um, what probably was the play of the game. So Coastal takes a 14 to 7 lead. Um, we get the ball back. Uh, we are first and 10 incomplete, second and 10 uh, false start penalty. Um, so yeah. uh, it's, it's uh, second and 15 incomplete, third and 15 incomplete. Alex Smith, Aussie punter. Um, goes. Like it's going to be a three and out. It looks like it's going to be a three and out. He roll. The, he rolls out. In the, yep. And then he decides the, to the run mood with it. in the the mood in the stadium prior to that play. I don't want to say it was doom and gloom, but that energy had been sucked out. I was right. watching alone from my house in Colorado and the energy was sucked out. I mean, honestly, I was like, I was like, this, this is it. Like we, we might lose by multiple scores. Yeah. Like I, I was pretty depressed in that moment. And then that just flipped a switch and uh, apparently, and maybe we hear differently, you know, and again, recording the Saturday night, maybe we hear differently in the press conference or in the, in the coaches show or, or whatever. Um, but it, doesn't seem like it was a design play. Um, it wasn't a fake punt. Um, he just saw a ton of room to run, and he decided to grab him and go. And I was and, gonna, yeah. I was gonna ask you, where we sit. Okay, so for those, um, I'm gonna kind of let out a little, little <laughs> behind the scenes secret. Where are, uh, where my season tickets are at are in section C on the home side. So where this play happened at was kind of across the field. And we're pretty low. We're about the second row in Section C, so it's kind of tough to kind of see from that angle exactly how it transpired. Um, but you you brought up something that I had a question about: is do you think this was a design play, no. or do you think they give him the option of, hey, if you see an opportunity to, to convert it and run for it, go? Because fourth and fifteen and faking a punt there, that is a gutsy it's decision. Very gutsy, and-, and one where you either, if you don't make it. There's going to be a lot of mad folks if you lose the football game. They're going to point to that play right there and say, how in the world do you go for it on 4th and 15 in your own zone and you give them a short field to go up by, you know, 21-7 possibly. I agree. It's it's one of those where, yeah, if it works, you look brilliant. You look like an idiot if it doesn't. Yeah. From my vantage point, it did not look like a design play. Um, Okay. Because of the hesitation that he had. And then it was just like, you know what? I have everything yeah, in front like, of me. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was like, like one step, two step, you, three step. But usually, I'm like, when that happens, yeah, usually when that happens, it's instantaneous, right? It's just like there it is. You snap it, you go. You run up the middle. You roll out and trying to pass, or you roll out trying to stretch the field and get the first down. Now, but usually, it's not on third and yeah. fifteen. Usually, it's like third and seven. That was that was not his first punt of the game, correct? He'd already punted at least once or twice before that. Correct. Yes. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So they were used to the so, rollout and the Aussie style punt. I wonder if they they had to have seen something on film that was like they immediately break back and and have their backs turned to you. So if you see the opportunity, if you see these players turn and go, run for it. Maybe that's, that's got to be uh, again, what they, by, they talk. By the about. time you're listening to this, the, the, yeah, the, the, the answer the, will the come answer's out. out there. So probably don't. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on it. But it was a great play. I I vote that it's the play of the game. Like you said, it 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 switched. The, even though it wasn't a scoring play, um, it obviously led to a score, um, and you know it gave us new life. It gave us some confidence. It breathed new life into Paulson Stadium. Um, yes, that was a huge, huge monumental play. And not only that, but we, you know, we actually made good use of it and went on and scored. Yep. Um, you know, if he'd have done that, and then we'd have, you know, not scored it, been off or not, and. I, you know, the, again, the momentum and the energy of that stadium, I think, would have been sucked out again. But, no, we, we converted it and then went on down and, and scored and tied the f- football game up. That was a 14-all, I believe. It was. And, uh, I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous play. And may go down probably as maybe play of the year when all is said and done, um, going, looking back at the, at the season. But fantastic, fantastic play and just – one of those plays to where we we said last week that that this that this game always has something fluky that that happens in it and and sure enough that was that was one of them. What was that? It was the tip the tip touchdown. The tip touchdown. Yeah, it was crazy. It hit two guys' hands. It did. And then, it did. You know, you had right again the referees. You had late in the the third quarter. You had two review plays. One that went in our favor, actually, and then one that went in theirs. <laughs> um, it was yeah. It, it was honestly a a crazy game. Did they play Mobamba? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they did. Um, and also the crazy play was the safety. Or near the, safety. The lack of safety, but it, it sure looked like a safety again from it my va- like vantage point. And, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, again, f- to to play the way we did, as poorly as we did in the first quarter, and as poorly as we did to close out the game and clock management and, and things like that in the fourth quarter, as bad as the referees were, and as bad as some of those calls were that went, that didn't go our way, um, to still win this football game by two scores, it, it again, it's a mark of a good team. It really is, mm-hmm. and it gives me a lot of confidence moving forward. I, we can't make that a habit because our net, we haven't even talked about this. James Madison's our next opponent. Um, we are both we're both on a bye week, which is rare. You don't see that all the time. Um, but both teams have a full two weeks to prepare for each other. Um, so kind of equal, no no advantage one way or another, right? Equal playing field there. Um, but we go up there to play them in Virginia. And, uh, you know, it's their undefeated team. They're 5-0. and We'll spend a little bit more time on them in, in a few minutes here. Um, but if we play the way we played tonight against Coastal, we lose that football game. Like, Yeah, because it's – well, first of all, it's going to be on the road. Right. Um, and you can't play that way on the road. 
and <clears throat> you can't give, especially good opponents like JMU, you can't give them extra opportunities to, to take advantage of. Uh, so there's some things that obviously they're going to go back and look at on the film, and they're going to they're going to try to shore up. But uh, again, it's a testament to we started off slow, we did what we had to do to take the lead going before halftime, and then you know it, I, it, kind of almost the same story in the first half. We come out of the, into the second half. You're hoping that we get the ball, we can go up by two scores, kind of put this game away and and move on, and. Man, did we not come out slow again? Three and out. Coastal gets the ball and drives right down like they did the first quarter and scores. And again, in the stadium, at least from where I was sitting at, they score, make it twenty-one all, and you're thinking to yourself, "Man, what what's going on? This this team that looked so good in the second quarter now has fallen flat. They've taken the lead, and you're just thinking to yourself, how many more?" second chances and opportunities do we give Coastal before they finally take advantage of it and pull away with this football I, I, I agree, yeah, and then, and then we mount a 10-play drive, 49 yards, take three but three minutes and 48 seconds off the clock, ends in a Michael mm-hmm. Lance field goal, we go up 24-21. Um, I wasn't feeling good at that point. Um, I was thinking, like, no. we needed a touchdown. No. This was going to sh- be a shootout. It was going to be touchdown, yep. touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. First team that doesn't get it, the other team's going to pull away. And it's going to be insurmountable, right? Like that's what I was thinking at the moment. So even though forty-five yard field goal that was great for Lance, confidence builder there um, gave us the lead. I wasn't feeling good at that at that time. I was like, "There, you know, our defense is on their heels. They're going to come down, mount another drive. They're going to take the lead. Then, you know, our backs are against the wall. If we sputter on offense." Then they, they take a two score lead. And it's almost the opposite. Then you know then um, they just got to run away with it. So um, but then we have probably the second, arguably the first um, of most uh, game changing play of the game, and that's uh, Kadri Jackson, right? The pick six. Um, so pick six, so he baby. comes in, he gets the pick six, he puts us up by ten, um, thirty one to twenty one, and Coastal never could. Um, cut that lead down. So, uh, you know, that was huge. And again, four turnovers on the day, all interceptions, all off the hand of Grayson McCall, the golden boy, mm-hmm. right? So that, <laughs> so that was, that was awesome to see. Yeah, no, it was, it was the, you had the lineman, I can't, I, I didn't catch the name or catch who the defensive lineman was that put his hand up that deflected the pass, but you know, you, you teach your linemen, try to get in the throwing zone. If you can, throw your hands up. Just do something to deflect the pass. You never know. At the very least, you're going to get probably an incompletion. And then, you know, the the best is, is what you saw there, which was that you deflected it. It got into the hands of one of our linebackers. And they were able to take the ball, run it into the end zone, and bam. You know, we're up by 10 places rocking and rolling and here's the other good thing about that too matt was that was i believe the first or second play of that drive so it wasn't like they get the pick six after they've already mounted a 10 play 13 play drive and now our defense is flat exhausted it was the first uh, first play first play yep. so i mean it's first play bam they're in the end zone touchdown and you know our defense is now extremely revved up and they're not even tired because it's only been one play yep. So they're ready to go back out there. 
And so uh, they do, I believe, it wasn't a three and out, but we hold them. They punt the ball to us, right? I believe they punt the ball to us after that. Yep. And then we score. We score again. We score, again. Next, we okay, do, we yeah. score on the next drive. Okay. They had three play. It was a three and out, three plays, six yards. Only took a minute, 23. Then we have a nine play, 72 yard drive. Take almost five minutes off the clock. Um, yeah. And ended in a Jalen White run for three yards. Again, those three drives that the, the, Picks uh, the field goal, the pick six, the three and out, or I guess you say four drives, and then the touchdown right there. Yep. We open up the 17 point lead. That is the obviously the key turning point of the entire game right there. Because um, once when it's 17 points, um, I felt like that lead was insurmountable at that point. But at the same time, you just had a, a nagging feeling. At least, at least I. Well, did you know what happened last year. They they came back. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't. We we were up. You couldn't settle for that. We were up big. We were up by multiple scores last year. They came back. They have the hurdle. They beat us. Man, they tried to. They tried to hurdle what us three times. Hurdle us a whole bunch of three times, or man. four times, and and none of one they sort of did, but we still tackled the guy like in yeah. Um, and then one guy he just got stood up like. But yeah, they were like trying to make that like a point, and so I don't know. Um, so that was kind of weird. But um, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, it 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 definitely got uncomfortable there in in the fourth quarter, especially when we had the two missed field goals. Um, we, we yeah couldn't increase that lead. Uh, clock management issues at the end. So let's talk a little bit about that. And some people were chattering on on social media. I'm in complete agreement with it. Um, you know, we get to a point we you know only run the football um let's see uh 24 times uh for 116 yards uh 4.8 yards a carry uh we have 322 yards through the air um Bryn was 34 for 56 um and three touchdowns and no interceptions which is great but um yeah. but yeah running the football Jalen White looked good on on limited carries uh just 11 carries had 77 yards and a touchdown a lot of people were clamoring for hey run the ball more right especially in the first half um, we started to actually establish a run in the second half especially in the third quarter but then late in the game when we had that 17 point lead we're trying to close it out we keep trying to throw the ball and kind of get cute with it and it's like let's let's run this clock let's melt the clock and yeah. and and yeah so that that is that is concerning so i, I guess the question is Cody is like how concerned are you with with that uh, clock management um, I'm trying to to go back and 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 put myself in that game and, and and see. I know that there was one where we had a first down. I think at the twenty or twenty five yard line, and Coastal had two timeouts left, and we go. We have a roll. I think Bryn rolls out, and we throw the ball, and it's incomplete. Um, and it was a bad throw. Uh, I think he was trying to throw either the Burgess or Hood. And he was open, and if he hits him, we probably get the first down and we probably march on down the field and score. But uh, it stops the clock. We then try to run it again a couple of times. It allows their timeouts. I don't know. I've To me, the clock management wasn't the worst, and it wasn't the thing in my head that I felt like was the worst decision in that fourth quarter. The first field goal made sense. It was in Lance's range. He just hit it off the upright, and that happens. 
Yeah, well, that, that, that was the 40-yarder, and he hit yeah. a 45 earlier. Yeah, he hit a 45 earlier, and that one he just hit off. And I'm not mad at the coaching staff with that. If he hits it, we're up 41. Um, we have 41 at that point. We go up at 13. I'm okay with it. Uh, the one that made me mad was the one where it was like a 50-plus yard field goal. And he, we, we've talked about this on the show. We've said it on the show or on the podcast that his range is 45. You saw it again tonight. He had a 45-yard field goal that barely made it over. We don't need to push him past 45. I don't understand why we keep on doing that. I thought when he went out there, the goal was just going to be a direct hike to him and maybe a pooch kick to put Coastal deep within their own territory, maybe inside yeah. the 20 at least, if not inside the 10. Right. But then he actually kicks it and swings. And I, for him, I know you, he did his best. He tried his best, but it was nowhere near close. No. And I've said this before, especially when it's I, on an angle I, like that. I, I think yeah. I think if he's straight on forty five is possible, as we saw when he's off to one side, he tries to overcrack too much. Um, yeah, and and anything forty plus is just not going to happen. No, and I think and this is we've we've said this before, but quit putting him in situations in which to me it's obvious he's not going to succeed. And if you the field goal is more than forty five yards, I don't feel like that's a situation you need to put him in. Yeah. You it, don't have that bailout, right? Like like Bass no, was that. Like no. you knew that when the drive stalled, when like Wirtz couldn't get, uh, you know, the, the the big third down or whatever it was, that, yeah, you could rely on Tyler Bass to kick that 50-yarder. That's not the case now. And it just it, no. it, it, it happens. Like it, it, right? But the leg of Bass is few and far between. Correct. I mean, he's this is a guy who now has won multiple AFC Special Teams Player of the Month awards over multiple seasons now. Right. Um, so you see just how special he is as a kicker. Yeah, and but NFL coaching staff is relying on him to win win football games. Exactly. Right. But this young man, again, I know he tries his best. He and he obviously has a good enough leg to compete at the collegiate level. But it's obvious that at the forty five yard range and, and longer, they that he does not need to be out there. And you're not setting him up for success. And that, to me, is, is, is on the coaching staff. And that's where the criticism is focused on, is that they should know better as well. And if it's fourth and long, just go ahead and put it, put the Aussie out there. It's knowing the strengths of your players. Like, exactly. if you have a quarterback that doesn't have the arm to, you know, throw a perfect pass, you know, 50 yards in the air and hit a receiver in stride, don't call that play. If you don't have a running back that can run up the middle, don't call those plays, right? Like, exactly. like that's, that's what it is. So, but no, that would be, that was the only criticism that I had of the entire fourth quarter was just really that particular play call. And I know that we had a situation where we could probably run the ball that was inside the 20, that we didn't take advantage of that allowed them to use their timeouts to actually get the ball back and have at least like a minute and a half, if not a little bit more, try to go down there and score. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we still won 10 points. I think when Coach Ellis and Helton go back to review, they'll probably look at it and say, we could probably done X, Y, and Z better of ourselves, um, not just critique the, the players that were out there. And hopefully this will be a, a learning experience in terms of, of – game management and, and end-of-game decision-making. Um, but, no, I think – I can't blame the coaches or get upset when a, when 
you clearly see that the receiver is open and it's just a failure to execute. That just happens. Um, but I can get upset with the coaches when they put a kid in there that in an un, un in a situation that he, you just know he's not going to be successful in because that's not fair to the kid. And it's just not fair to, to, to Lance and the field goal team to go out there in a situation where I think at this point we should all know he was not going to be successful with that 50-yard plus field goal. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with with a 40, I was hopeful just because of the 45 earlier. The 50, it's like, again, it brings me to my next point, and we'll kind of close out the, the coastal chapter with this, but penalties, right? Like that uh, oh, that last that last uh, draw, well, I guess it wasn't our last drive, a second to last drive of the game. Um, we, you know, we get backed up. We have several penalties. We have a holding penalty, um, and that's what forces the – uh, fourth and long, which uh, puts kind of our backs against the wall of like, okay, we're in that no man's land. Let's try for the 50-yard field goal. But I agree with you. At that point, just like put it on the Aussie, try to pit them deep, make them go the entire length of the field. Um, and yeah, so so like penalties killed us. We had 10 penalties for 90 yards. Um, Coastal did worse. They also had 10 penalties for, but for 110 yards, but we had, you know, the majority of those on for, for us were holds. Um, and, you know, we had some, Which some of those were terrible. Calls. They were really I bad mean, calls. calls. They were, they were, um, but you know, got really sloppy there towards the end. Um, had some calls on, on defense, uh, not just even like PIs. But, explain yeah. to me how the center judge behind the play can call a holding call. When he's not even has the Dude, angle it was, to call it. Was it was so bad. Yeah, it was really, really I bad. mean, he doesn't have the angle to call it. There was a play where I think it was AQ had, um, this was I think in the second quarter, where he was clearly held, pass interference all day long, and they didn't call it. it I mean, it's a complete missed call. I don't know. Uh, we haven't really critiqued the referees too much on this show, but just – because we know that that's a difficult job to do. But for this game, and really particularly the referees in any Coastal game, are just bad. They let Coastal get away with so much just unsportsmanlike conduct activities after the game, after the whistle. They let them. I just don't um, understand it of why. I don't understand understand how the the Sunbelt refs do not get together and say, hey, look, we got to put a stop to this because this is – this is going to get somebody hurt or this is right. going to cause just to even play for like situation. I get it you're playing at Wisconsin you got big 10 refs yeah. I get it right like it's not fair but, but Wisconsin yeah. isn't dogging us after the play Correct. and have two guys trying to pretty much um, you know pretty much just drag a kid into the dirt. Oh, I agree. And just they were and, grabbing and, our jerseys. They were pushing us after the play. There was one there, there was one early on in first or second drive where two of our guys got in it the the ref got in the middle and i swear i saw the coastal guy literally push the ref he definitely got in his face but i'm pretty sure he put hands on him which you cannot yeah, do I don't and that's an immediate uh, uh um uh, ejection. ejection thank you i was gonna say suspension um immediate <laughs> probably that too. Uh, yeah uh, immediate ejection and i'm like and and you see you could see 
the ref like say something to him of like don't do that but it's like dude like he's out but at this that happens point. year in year yeah. out with coastal that they are allowed to be dirty they are allowed to cheat they are allowed to do stuff after the whistle and the sunbelt refs never do a single thing about it and i don't understand maybe they're who was the their first head coach that was the big you know, uh, financial tycoon. Okay, did has he paid off? I mean, obviously he would have the money, but has he paid off the Sun Belt refs to say, "Hey, look the other way for That's five seconds Maybe. after the whistle"? TD Ameritrade. To, he was the CEO. Yeah, did, is is yeah is that the referee's retirement account? You know, hey, we'll, right. we'll you know, I, I, but, look, look, I I hate blaming I mean, refs for anything, and again, it it is definitely easier now that we won it's the game. Obvious, but but it li- it literally, I wanted I wanted the line judge to pull his pockets out. Like it was that bad with some of the spots, with some of the missed holds, of uh, with with some of the the holds Just that the, were called. It's like, dude, you've got hundred dollar bills in your pocket. Like you, I you know. have to you gotta have something yeah. there. And you know, you and I have the mindset that the referees don't affect a win or a loss. That it's on the players and coaching staff. And we try not to really get into critiquing the refs. But this game was comp- just absolutely terrible in terms of how they officiated the game. If, if we and ended for up it losing, to be on the NFL network. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for it to be on the NFL network, a nationally televised game that you're trying to Again, the, showcase the announcers were, your conference. Yeah, it was clear to the announcers. I thought the announcing crew was, yeah. again, probably one of the best that we've had on national TV. And they were like, man, that was a missed call. Or like, oh, like the the catch with with the two reviews again. One went in our favor. It was like third and long. Um, they complete it. They uh, clearly the guy has possession of the football. Um, we you know he makes a football move like two three steps. Like it's a it's a reception, right? And yeah. and we strip the football. They recover it. Get another three or four yards. Should be first and goal from like the five yard line. They call it an incomplete pass. The play stands. Um, then, like three plays later, uh, it's fourth down. They throw the ball um, for what looks to be a, a first down. Guy catches it, tries to toe tap, is clearly juggling the ball, does not have possession, yeah. had a foot in, did not have control of the ball when he had a foot in. By the time he has control, he is clearly out of bounds. They call that a reception and play stands again. And it's just like, how do you miss that? You know, like in the moment exactly. is one thing, but like how can you I, – I get undisputable evidence I and all get, that. I get in the moment because the, the, it's very bang, bang, quick. Right. But you're right. When you're looking back at the at the camera and you see it, you can kind of slow it down or you kind of at least look at it a couple of times in, in real time, you should be able to see what the call should be. <clears throat> but, no, I the referees – Again, for this game, absolutely terrible. It's a, it's a, it's it's a disgrace to the Sun Belt Conference that this crew was having to officiate this game on a national televised game uh, because you you don't need the referees and you don't need the officiating crew to be the the talk or the subject of conversation when you really just want it to be about the players and the coaches and the player on the in the play on the field. Um, but the referees and their committee are in the conference have got to come together and say, hey, look, we can't allow Coastal to continue to be pretty much a trash program with their after-the-whistle activities that they continuously do against all teams. It's not just us. 
I've seen it against BYU. Yep. I've seen it against App. I've seen it against Georgia State. I've seen it against JMU, Marshall. Yep. This happens against every opponent they play. And for it to continue and for the referees to allow it is cowardly. You need to start throwing people out of the game. You need to start giving them unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and finally send a message to that school. They can't keep being pretty much a quote-unquote bully and allow this reckless activity that they do to continue to happen because it's not I, – I, um, I, Yeah, I fully agree yeah, with you because, again, like you can hate App, you can hate Georgia State. But like, and, and we do, and we do, but like, and it gets chippy. We know what chippy is. With it's those chippy, schools. but there's chippy, and then there's just bush league, trash. bush league, and yeah. trash. Bush, there you 100%. go. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they are. They're bush. They are. They've always been bush. They league. have. Yep. No, I agree. And it man, it was good to get a win against them. So, so let's close that chapter. It was good <laughs> to finally get a win against McCall, right? Especially in a four interception game. Right, never yeah. got a win against him before. Time he's played us. Second time he's played us, uh, beat us in in, in in the first time. Um, we were on a what a three game losing streak to Coastal, yes. um, but only one of which uh, McCall played in. So yeah, it was a swan song, and we spoiled it. Right, so that's that that was great. We did. Um, so yeah. Uh, Do you think he wishes he was in Auburn today, or did he think that he really spent more time at the library instead of the club? (laughs) When, or do you think he enjoyed his time in Statesboro tonight? (laughs) Oh man, yeah, that's a good. I don't know, man. Does he go to the blue room like incognito? Does he shave off the mullet? Like, I don't think. I don't think. Does he wear his diaper? Right? Does he wear the diaper? Like, you're definitely noticed, right? With a mullet. I'm not saying that he's the only man in Statesboro with a mullet, but like. I don't know. Like, I, no, I don't feel like he could get around without being recognized. Like, I feel like, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he's on the bus back to Conway. He's definitely on the bus back to Conway, yeah, as, as he Which should be. Which is nowhere near a beach. Which is nowhere near a beach, no. <laughs> no, can still get a tie-dye t-shirt, I, I think, at a, at a discount. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, I mean, good win, improved to four and Great one. Win. Now Great move win. on bye week, um, heal up. Uh, win the buy, baby. Win the buy. Win bye. the buy. Get extra film sessions in. Get extra practices in. Again, playing James Madison also on the bye week. Don't see that every day. Um, so really, no advantage there whatsoever. Maybe give a slight edge to them just because they're hosting us. We have to go on the road, so they're going to get a little bit of extra time while we're traveling. Um, and of course, they get just the comfort of playing at home. Um, yeah. So. Man, it's a, that it's it's a big one. Um, you know, again, James Madison five and zero. Um, just saw a stat on uh, Twitter or X, formerly Twitter. Um, eight and fifteen is the combined opponent record of of James Madison. Uh, James Madison's foes so far this year. Sorry. Um, no, I was actually going to say that their opponents in the games that they have have been pretty interesting, to say the least. Outside of the FCS victory that they have, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have it in front of me, but I believe all the other games have been one-possession victories. I think it was a one-point win over Virginia. There was, correct. I think, the game today against South Alabama was an eight-point victory today. 31-23, um, correct. Okay. Although and that's a bit misleading because they were pretty much dominating that game until they then. were dominating. But you could also look at you know the Virginia game. They 
came back, had to win that they, one. They had a weather um, delay. Virginia was winning. Yeah. They came back. New ball game, 136-35. New ball game. Mm-hmm. Troy, they won 16-14, grinded 16-14. out defensive affair. Yep. Um, and then Utah State. For neither team. And then Utah State, again, a game where they had a big lead, but then they let Utah State come back into it. And Utah State had opportunities because you and I, or no, not you and I, but you watched that game as we were doing the podcast. Yes. And and they had chances to, to tie it up. They did. And, and actually win that game. So last year when we were playing JMU and we came into that game, obviously they were ranked 25th in the nation at the time. I don't know if they'll be ranked. I doubt it. Um, going into this game, but they and Utah State, by the way, is not that good. Um, they're, no, they're, they're, they're two good. and three. They lost to Air Force, they obviously lost to James Madison. They beat UConn today 34 to 33. I think that was, uh, I think UConn's still winless. Yeah, they're 0 and 5. Yeah, UConn is still winless. Uh, and but what I was trying to get at was that last year the JMU team was destroying everybody i think Correct. beating people by multiple multiple uh touchdowns and uh possessions whereas this year it's all been one possession games um outside of the fcs school but again we're, we don't really yeah, count bug now was 38-3 yeah um but but yeah no you're you're right and south alabama was going to be you know a lot of people thought troy was going to be that which i mean i mean troy beat the heck out of Georgia State today. They did. Um, so uh, they still very mel- well may win the, the West, um, could win the whole thing. Um, South Alabama still could, um, but, you know, they've been just a Jekyll and Hyde team. You just don't know what to expect out of no. South Alabama. I mean, they go and, and beat the crap out of uh, Oklahoma State, um, but then they lose to James Madison. They're 2-3 and three on the season, um, uh, and then – their only other win was against FCS opponent in Southeast Louisiana. So yeah. you know, they didn't look good against Tulane. Yeah, I don't know they lost that. to central Michigan. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you, you, Troy was probably the best team James Madison has played um, yeah. by far. Uh, South Alabama, I thought was going to be a big test for them. They handled them pretty easily, but again, I don't know what's going on with South Alabama. They're they're not the don't team know. that I thought they I, were going to be. Yeah, I don't know what to make of South Alabama. You're absolutely right with that. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I not to say that I don't know what to make of the JMU, but it, it appears that at times they play lights out out of this world and could beat probably anybody outside of maybe Georgia and Texas and USC and maybe a couple other the top top tier teams, and then they have other times that it looks like they don't know how to play football and allow bad teams to come back and, and make it a ball game, and then they to, pull it out at the end somehow. To be fair, they've only had two home games. So they're undefeated at home. They beat okay. South Alabama today fairly easily again. Made it look clo- South Alabama made it look closer at the end. Bucknell, mm-hmm. the FCS opponent, obviously 38-3. That was at home. They had a three-game road, uh, road uh, stretch against Virginia, Troy, and Utah State. Um, okay. so keep that in mind. So this will be back to back road games easy. for them. It's, yeah. That's a hard place to play. Games. Yeah. Back to back home games, uh, bridge, bridge, fourth bridge, fourth, something like that stadium. Um, beautiful, beautiful campus, uh, beautiful stadium, rabid fan base. It's going to be a really tough place to play. It is going to be a tough place to play. Um, it's going to be a hostile environment, hostile atmosphere. Uh, <clears throat> but, in 
I think you and I kind of hopefully will agree on this. We do have the talent. I believe we do have the coaching staff to go in there and pull out a victory. Now, it will not be easy, and we certainly cannot play like we did tonight and expect to win because if we play like we did tonight, we won't. I think it's like Wisconsin. I think think Wisconsin's a better team than James Madison. I think James Madison loses to Wisconsin, especially on the road. Um probably by as much if not more than what we did certainly if they turn the ball over as much as they, they uh as we did and and yeah, have some, self, self, yeah self-inflicted uh, inflicted wound so if we play clean football or close to it um we will be the toughest opponent that they have faced thus far um and i think it will be a close game um, but I definitely think we can come away with a victory. Now, now you bring up a good point about Wisconsin, and we're going to bring it back to tonight's game. Probably the two most um, exciting atmospheres that we've had this year, right? Um, and in both those games, the offense did not look great at particular times, and it was not the best performance that they've had. Do you think that there's an issue with the offense going into either hostile environments or um, active collegiate football environments that gets this offense either in an uneasy, you know, feeling or they get, as you put it, I think earlier, they let the moment take over? Yeah, the moment get the best of them. I think, you know, I am a little concerned about Bren. I'll be honest with you, with, you know, uh, just comparing – Apples to apples, him and Van Trees, uh, you know, the uh, NFL Network broadcast uh, put this graphic up. Um, Brynn has a higher completion percentage. He has more touchdowns, I think, by like one entering this, you know, entering the um, the coastal game. Like so through through four games, he had like one or two more touchdowns, about the same interceptions, way higher completion percentage, like 73 percent completion percentage to like 62 or something for Van Trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not Van Trees showed up in big games. He did. He showed up in big right. games. Um, you know, we made a bowl last year because Van Trees showed up in big games. We didn't contend for East Division title because Van Trees didn't always show up for the non-big games. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, we, we lose against uh, UAB. State. We lose against Georgia State. Um, so, like, games that we should we have won, we game. lost the Coastal game. So, like, but App State, huge environment. Um, you know, not, maybe not as packed house as it was against Coastal, um, but, you know, crazy environment. We win that one, um, rush the field, all that kind of stuff. Um, Nebraska, obviously, we win that. He, mm-hmm. you know, performed really well under pressure. I have not seen that out of Bryn thus far in a Georgia Southern uniform. Um, and that, Concerns at least me. consistently over four consistently because at times in this game he did perform he did but can't but, but he hasn't had that not miracle moment he hasn't had that like highlight moment that hero yeah. like montage moment where mm-hmm. Van Trees built up you know a whole like portfolio 
of that last yeah. year, right? With 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 the game winning pass against games. the game winning pass against James Madison, the game the uh, game winning run against Nebraska, the game winning pass um, against uh, App State. Uh, yeah, we have yet to see that. Now those all happen later in the well, uh, except Nebraska. Uh, two of those happen later in the year. So still plenty of time, plenty of season to go for Bryn to have those hero moments. Um, but that is to answer your question, long winded. Um, that is a concern for me. I, I, yeah. Bryn's putting up similar, if not better, numbers than Ventries at this point in the season, but I, he hasn't yet shown that he has that quote unquote it factor. Right of like, can he take the yeah. game over and win games? And again, maybe he hasn't been put in that position yet to do it. Wisconsin, you're right yeah. because we we had to with Ventrese, right? Yep. Like we asked him to lead us in a game because the defense was crap. Us. Same thing yeah. with JMU. Same thing with App State last year. Whereas this year, all of our victories have been by two or more scores. Correct, and they've been able to get out in front. Defense has played better. We even said at the beginning that if the defense could play better and allow our offense some space that man we could be something special and i think the opportunity is still there for that to happen um but i i agree with you in the sense that when the moment gets big maybe not it's not always bren but the offense as a whole has a tough time rising up to the occasion um, yeah, they started and, off and, and Bryn's going to take the brunt of it. Is the thing, oh, right? Bryn's going to take the brunt of it, but it's yeah. not. It's, it's not, not all. all no, correct. It's offensive correct. line. There's Receiver. Been there's passes. been a lot of drop passes. There were a couple and against go the coast play calling too. Yeah. So, I don't want this to be like, oh man, we're just going after. Bryn. No, that's not the case. What we're trying. I think the point is, is that the offense as a whole, in big time games that we've had this season, which has only really been two. Right. Um, didn't really show up, and yeah. we really relied on our defense to kind of pull us out, or at least try to pull us out of the game. I mean, they and that just wasn't the case Wisconsin. last year. That wasn't even an option and, last year. No, it was not an option last year. Um, and you know, this game, the defense. You know, we we did something today that has never happened in in Grayson McCall's history. I don't even know if there's been a seasons in which he's thrown four interceptions the entire year much less in one game. So, yeah, I I think he probably had around that amount all last year. Yeah. So, I mean, again, with us going to JMU in two weeks, that place is going to be off the charts. It's going to be a big-time game. There's already talk. It hasn't been official, but at least I saw one tweet from or one post on X from JMU Media that said that, with this game will probably get picked up on a, one of the linear networks, either ESPN or ESPN2. It has ESPN to, right? Too. It has to. I mean, I, I wouldn't I, – I could even poss- possibly – I don't know what it's going up against, probably much bigger games, but it could even be a college game day situation. Yeah. It could be. Or, or maybe even on ABC. You yeah. just don't know where it, could, yeah. where it could land. But, yeah, I believe that you have a 5-0 and team. You have a 4-1 and team. Whoever wins this, I know JMU isn't technically eligible to win the East, but whoever wins this game has to fast track to winning the Eastern Division. This is, this is to me the first big test of the year. You can see yep. Wisconsin to me wasn't really a big test. I mean, it was a big game for us fans and for the university, but this is the actual first big test of 
are we a legit contender for the Sun Belt Conference title, or are we still a year away from it? We will find out in two weeks. Yeah, that's a great when point. When we go up there to, to JMU, if we come out of there with a victory, we are the team to beat in the East, and we are the team that should be able to win it. If we don't win that game, you're going to need some help. And I don't want to backdoor our way into a conference championship like Coastal did last year. I want to be the team that says, without a doubt, we are the East Division champions and that we didn't get there by some technicality, by some dumb NCAA rule. So, we'll, I'm, we're about to get I'm, to this I'm, now, lo- I'm looking at the match. I was probably not going to be a college game day situation. <laughs> Just probably basically. not. So, so you've got, <laughs> you've got uh, Arkansas, Alabama. You've got Auburn, LSU. You've got Miami at North Carolina. Um, you've got Oregon at Pac-12, Oregon at Washington. That's gonna that's, that's gonna be it. That's Oregon it. at Washington. That's, that's gonna it. be it. Yeah. Um, but you know this this right here is going to be a a matchup as to who's the big dog in the East. And again, you're gonna have to play a a nearly perfect game to come out of there with a victory in JMU. I think we can do it. But man, is it gonna be tough? Um, and and we'll just get into this now, Matt. I think the key is going to be our pass protection. We know we're going to have to throw the ball 60 to 70 times in that game. And if our pass protection is not up to par like it was last year, I don't know if we win this football game. No, I agree. I mean, the offensive line has been suspect at times this year. It has definitely it's, looked worse. I don't worse. want to say it's taken a step back, but it's not I think as it's taken a step back. I think, yeah, especially, I think both pass protection and uh, definitely pass protection, um, but uh, the uh, run, uh, run uh, blocking is, I mean, taking a huge step back, in my opinion. Um, they We just don't have the holes that, that we did. We have the same backs. We're just not getting the same holes consistently. We're getting them on draws and things like that, on like kind of obvious passing downs and things like that, where they're backing out of the box and we have all day to run. But um, yeah, we, we went while we didn't run a lot last year, we could almost run at will um, when we wanted to. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Um, so so yeah, I I I think. I think our um, our O line has has taken a few steps back. I think it's it's on the O line coach. I think it's on some some turnover and attrition with the with the O line players. And but um, you know it's something that you know we saw tested against Wisconsin um, Coastal. Their their defensive line isn't that impressive to me. They weren't that impressive against State. Um, I think JMU might be the best defense that we've faced all year. Um, they might be the best defensive front that we faced at least thus far. Front seven, front seven. is comparable to Wisconsin. Front seven, there you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think that's my challenge. Is like in the next two weeks, like let's figure out something with pass protection. Let's get Bryn more time. Yes, he holds on the ball too long at times. Um, but you know, again, comparing him to Van Trees, like. There's so much more pressure on him. There is, yeah. And and I think uh, as much as it also is pass protection, I think Brent also has to be able to get the ball out really quick in this game. 
um, I don't know what they need to practice. I don't know. I don't know if they need to practice with going up against 12, 13 defenders to to let him fill that rush. Um, They've started to, to right? I mean, those... in the second half, you you saw him hold the ball like way too long, and then in the second half, you started to see it. I mean, even the. Uh, no, obviously you were uh, there live, but the commentators even mentioned it. They were like, um, I think it was late in the third quarter when we started on like the, the scoring tear. Um, it was like a second and a half, and he was getting rid of the ball. Um, yeah, really, he has really to quick. do that yeah. consistently. Yeah, and that has to be the key. He has to make the read, make the throw, and then and then go forward. Um, otherwise, if he tries to hold it like he did, like you said, in the first half, especially that first quarter where he, it seems like he was just holding the ball forever, he's gonna get he's gonna get sacked and he's gonna get hit a lot. I think he's a, he's afraid to throw more picks. I, honestly, I I think that's what you think it that's is. the deal. You think that's I the think deal? I think I, I I honestly think that he's still having like PTSD from Wisconsin, that or if he's just kind of waiting for that perfect like spot to see the guy open because you and i talked about this about kyle van Treese. it was like he went first progression second progression and then he didn't it. care yeah about the third progression he was throwing it as hard Correct. as he could where he thought the guy was going to be at and sometimes he was open and sometimes he was tripled or quadruple covered yeah. brand is more accurate he's less likely to throw in double or triple coverage He's less likely to do that or just like heave ho it. Yeah. Um, that's why you're seeing more sacks and stuff. He obviously has, to, there's other options there, right? Um, you don't have to force it into double or triple coverage. And you also don't have to take the sack. You can throw the ball away. So I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to see more of that. Um, you know, he is a, a bit more nimble and mobile on his feet. Um, and we, we saw him run, uh, you know, a few times against Coastal, but, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think that's what I work work on the next two weeks is like you have you have a second and a half and, and whether it's first yeah. read or second read or you bail and throw it away. Yeah, that's, almost that's as they it. need to have a stop clock and then you're right. Once when it gets to a second one and a half, second, one know, point five, whistle. nothing, throw it away. Boom. Yeah, and, and blow the whistle and say if you if you hold on the ball to sack and just drill it into them this this coming up two weeks that you've got to get rid of it because Coastal defense is all about trying to bring one more than you can block. I mean, Coastal's JMU's defense is all about trying to bring one more than you can block, um, and and maintaining sound gap integrity. And, and that's how KVT uh, beat is, them last year, right? We had over yeah. 500 passing yards against them, ditched the run altogether, pretty much. We did. Um, and and yeah, I mean, he got rid of the ball really quick. And I mean, we had some big plays, but it was mostly those like intermediate high efficiency passing plays, right? Hood, seven yards over the middle, um, Burgess, you know, on a, like quick slant for 11 yards, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I think same thing. I think that's the key. It's just like getting rid of the ball as much as possible, still run the offense, but like keep that up tempo going and yeah. and yeah, high efficiency passing. So. I'm also afraid too that JMU's coaching staff has had this game circled for a very long time. Oh, they did. Yeah, they're, that, they're, uh, talk about I mean, chip on their like shoulder. They're, they're, really, they're, they're pissed. Yeah, I mean, pissed. they are. They're yeah. pissed. Um, you know, they they sat home last year after being the the, the crap out of uh, Coastal. Um, you know, they feel and rightly so that they're the rightful, uh, you know, winners of the the East. Um, and, and should have had a chance at, at Troy and, you know, probably 
would it be Troy? I don't know. Um, you know, last yeah. year, but um, it's a dumb rule. We face the rule. Everyone has to face it. Um, but you know, at least you know we we won in our first year, right? Because we didn't have a conference mm-hmm. championship game, so it wasn't postseason. So um, you know, we 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 benefited there. Um, where yeah, if this was twenty fourteen. Results yeah, I, just, with, I yeah. just feel like they've had payback on their mind because we ruined their little Cinderella story. We, you know, we kind of knocked them out of the the college football talk last year. We um, did. My my hope is, and again, we're recording this the night after the Coastal game, so we don't know what rankings will be. We've got two weeks, right? So even if they don't get ranked this week, um, they could be ranked the next week, or if they get ranked, they could possibly be kicked out. Normally, that doesn't happen if you're not playing a game. Um, but it could, depending on what happens around them. Um, so the point is, we very well could be playing a top 25 team again. We could very well be playing the number 25 team again, like we were last year, yeah. but this time not in Paulson up there in Virginia. So, yeah, to, to answer your point, Cody, I, I do think they have a chip on their shoulder. I think they've had this game circled. Um, they're going to be out for blood. I hope mm-hmm. we are too. I, I hope we I see hope it we as an opportunity. I yeah. think JMU is going to make a point. If JMU can run the score up on us and beat us by five, six, seven touchdowns, I think they're going to do it. Um, and I hope, I hope this coaching staff, Clay Helton, Ellis, Bailey, and everybody else, understands that, that we're walking into a war in two weeks. I mean, we are walking into oh, yeah. a, a, a massive battle. And... Um, if we don't show up to play, if we are not prepared, if our if our film study is wrong, if we don't make the correct um, game plan adjustments and understanding what kind of what they're going to throw at us, um, or what they could potentially throw at us, they may have a completely different defense setup that they may have specifically for us. If we aren't able to understand what they're going to plan and uh, try to do when we play them in two weeks, it could get ugly fast. Um, so I'm hoping, I mean, I don't see anything where this wouldn't be the case. Helton and, and teams seem to be pretty prepared most, most weeks, if not all of them. Um, but I think we have to really hit the home, the point that this coaching staff for JMU probably wants to beat us more than maybe any other team in the Sun Belt right now, because we did kind of ruin their season. I agree. I think, I think the East runs, uh, through, um, Harrisonburg, uh, Virginia. I, I, I really do like, yeah. again, I, I get they can't win it, but I think that's how they're looking at it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they take care of business, then they can sit there and beat their chest and say, we are the right players to this exactly. and no one can say otherwise. And yeah, we were that, that dark mark on their schedule last year. Um, you know, Marshall obviously still very much in the hunt, um, as well as, as some, some other teams, I mean, state's still in it and, and others. Um, but you know, Marshall's four and O they go to Marshall, um, in, in, in West Virginia after playing us. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have a point, to prove, um, you know, they do against us. Yeah. So, and, and I think vice versa, if we go up there and whether it's a close victory or a multiple score victory, I think that's going to prove a point too, and put the rest of the East on notice of like, we're no longer just a pretender. We're no longer yeah. just like, uh, you know, a cute story. Like we, we're, we're legit We're we're here to play. Yeah. No. And, and I will also say this, I don't care how we win. 
at at JMU in two weeks, just as long as we do. Hundred percent. It can be ugly you know, as crap. I, yeah. It could be ugly as you know what we can barely beat them by one point. I do not care as long as we come out of there with a victory. Fantastic. We can move on to to ULM the following week, but. You know, it, it kind of – I say that and I chuckle because I remember going back, you know, a few seasons ago where we barely beat like an FCS team and people would say the same thing and then we would have to explain the Defend difference. It, but, yeah. yeah, but this is this is I the agree. type of game. It can be a grinded out game. Like if it ends up yeah. being like what Troy was, right, where it was like 16-14 um, in we our favor. It, yeah, fine. 100%. I do not care because I feel like this is probably the toughest – conference opponent that we have on the schedule right now at least through the first four or five games of the season um we've talked about offense we've talked about coaching i think we have to get into what the defense has to do um in this game to win uh tell me this to me it seems like our, our rush defense tonight was not that great especially up the middle through the a gaps up the middle the how a gaps yeah they they, they yeah, okay. They gave up way too many yards um, there. Uh, that is concerning, especially since yeah, Jamie will Co- run the ball. Jamie's going to want to run the ball. They have probably better talent there. We face Marshall later this year. Same thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah. So of those three, I would definitely put Coastal as probably the worst rush defense of those three. Um, so. Yeah, if they were able to do that to us, then I'm I'm concerned. Yeah, but um, um, that was that was what I wanna, that was my concern as well. Also, too, they like to use the quarterback to run, and even though Coastal didn't use McCall as much as what you thought they were gonna do after that first drive, he had success running the football against us. He did, and I'm I'm concerned that JMU is going to look at that film and say, "Hey, look, we can attack them." running up the middle, we can attack them using our quarterback uh, to gain rushing yards as well. And they will use that to their advantage to not only control the tempo of the game, but to me their best defense is keeping our offense off the field. And they will use that to march down the field and to score and to put up points. I think South Alabama had two or three interceptions in today's game. I bring up that point because as well as they have played so far this year, I don't think their quarterback play is as good as what it was last year. Todd Santeo for them last year was phenomenal. Yep, he was. For most games. They have a new quarterback this year. Even though he has played well, I don't think he's played up to the standard that Todd Santeo did last year, and especially when it comes to, to passing. I would not be surprised if they don't try to attack us rushing the ball via their running backs up the middle, as well as using their quarterback's legs to, to to gain, to really just to control the tempo and flow of the game. Um, if we can't stop those two things on defense and we can't force them to maybe try to, again, last year, get into pretty much a, a, a passing battle with us, I don't know if we have success um, in winning the football game. Yeah. Would you add anything to that, or would you say that's probably the two main things that we've got to stop is their running backs and their quarterback from running the football? Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I agree with the Centeno comment. Um, I think 
forcing them to pass like like they did last year is 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 key um like yeah yeah you touched on this and that's still no guarantee because they're still a good passing offense it's not like we're gonna say better i mean maybe even better than they were last year but like centeo like that wasn't his strong suit it was more of like kind of a mix like hybrid and we but he protected he protected the ball better but we got them in a position where they felt forced to throw the ball and then we were able to to win in a shootout and, and, and doing that. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think making them one dimensional is the key. So fast start, not what happened against coastal, um, get out big on them, like, uh, like ball state and make, put them on their heels and make them try to fight back. And then that, that's going to lead to interceptions. That's going to lead to third and longs yeah. and, and fourth and longs and things like that, where we can send blitzes and disrupt. Um, so, that yeah, that's the key for me is it's take away the run game um, at all cost. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think we have to focus on ensuring that they cannot run the ball. Um, and which which prior to the coastal game, I didn't really have a concern about our rush defense, but now I'm a little bit concerned about it. But just because of the way that we played, now that could be because we we game you know prep for something a little bit different than what they've shown. Um, but still, it's a little concerning going into JMU in a couple of weeks, so we'll see how that how that turns out. I I think we're right there that we have to stop their rushing game, rushing attack at all costs, um, and if we can somehow figure out a way to force a few turnovers, that would be great. But th- I think another key is is again I'll bring this up again is once when we get them to third down, we have got to get them off the field. We cannot allow them to continue to to march and and continue drives and have third down conversions uh and the other key thing is we mentioned this last week is to limit big plays if you see where coastal scored tonight they scored in drives in which they had tremendous um big plays you had the first drive of the game in which i think they hit like a 30 40 yard pass that that would happen ironically on a third down uh, and then you looked at another drive. I think they hit two big pass plays, the one where the kid bobbled the ball and caught it at the two, uh, and they scored on that drive as well, obviously. So limit big plays, limit the explosive plays, try to find a way to get them off on third downs when we get them there and, and get our offense as many opportunities to score because we can't allow them to control tempo and control time of possession. Yeah, no, correct, and and we got to get an end zone too on on those opportunities. Yeah, yeah, we can't settle for field goals. Yeah. Exactly. When we get it into the red zone, we've got to push it into the into the end zone and get touchdowns. Field goals will not win this football game. No, it will not. Um, I guess yeah. Looking at stats here, I know that's misleading because yeah, I guess I don't even want to get into it because it's before um this latest game's totals, um. But, uh, yeah, like that, um, ESPN analytics, right. Has, has the game 50, 50, but again, that's before this latest game. Um, we have no line on it to talk about. Um, I assume that they'll have the edge, but I can't imagine it's going to be more than a touchdown. Um, might not even be more than a field goal, um, or, or slightly more. It might be like 3.5. Um, yeah. but I, I can't imagine that it's going to be six or higher. And that was incorrect. Uh, James Madison only had one interception today, not two okay. or three. Um, but again, they didn't produce a lot of yards. I mean, they were two of 14 
0 for 2 on fourth down. I'm sorry, 2 for 14 on third down conversions. 0 for 2 for fourth down conversions. Um, only 241 throwing the ball, 136 rushing. Uh, not showy stats against South Alabama, um, but they did put up 31 points. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I don't know. I, I, th- to me, this game feels like we can win this game. I don't, I don't have a, a feeling that there's no way that we can win. I don't feel like this is sort of like Wisconsin. Um, Correct. Prior to that yeah, game. this is this is not an uphill battle. I honestly no. think this will be a dogfight. I think these are two evenly matched teams. Um, and I mean, obviously, playing them up there is going to give them a slight advantage. But uh, again, I, I think we're going to be the best team that they've faced thus far. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I I, I mean, I, I know it's going to become like a a cliche on on the podcast, but we're playing against ourselves. Like it really, like tonight we yeah. played against ourselves and, I, and dang near beat ourselves, um, <laughs> you know? And like, I mean, the rest were bad too, but like um, we didn't have any turnovers and stuff, but again, the, the 10 penalties for 90 yards, the, mm-hmm. um, the poor clock management, the, yeah. I mean, just the, the play calling in general, um, at, at times the poor throws by Bryn at times, like it's, uh, to me, it, it really is like, how, no, how do we show right. up? How do we show up? If we show up yeah. hungry and ready to take care of business, you know, JMU is a much better team than ball state, but we showed up. That was a business trip of all business trips. We it showed was. up and laid the smack down on them. And, you know, in no world do I think we're going to beat them anywhere close to that bad but i think if we can show up with the same intensity and focus as we did against ball state i think we come away with a win yeah no you're right we have to put this coastal game behind us uh we have to put the ball state game behind us i'm wondering if that ball state victory was still kind of in the back of our minds a little bit thinking about how good we were in that game um but we've got to put both of those behind us and and come strictly focused on jmu for two weeks because uh, you're right, it's going to be a dogfight. This is going to be a battle, and I, I personally believe we have the team to go up there and, and beat it. And you're right about what you said earlier. This is we are playing against ourselves here. It is. It is. Do we come up? Do we make errors? Do we make turnovers? Do do we play bad, or do we come out here and play mistake free football? And I think the theme of the season is is what you said as far as it's 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 about us. It's not really about who we go up against. It's about us. If we play the way that I think you and I both think that we're capable of playing, there's not a team in this conference that can beat us. But do we come in and take the approach each week of a business mindset, of a serious mindset, and not get too caught up in the in the in the hoopla, not get too caught up in the accolades? I get too caught up in all the good press or what I think the Marshall coach calls rat poison. Yep. We can't get caught up in, oh, what is what is gotta talk <laughs> say is they they're praising our <laughs> they're singing our praises. You can't get caught up in the boosters and the NIL. As much as we would love to get called out at a press conference. But. Exactly. Yeah. But you can't get too caught up in, in how everybody the students, the girls, you can't get caught up in how everybody's telling you how great you are. 
you got to put it behind you. you got to put each victory behind you, and you got to come out there knowing that the next week the opponent you're playing is going to want to beat you more than the opponent that you just yep. played because you're getting that much better and getting that much bigger of a target on your back. And if you don't take that mindset, you're going to get your butt kicked, especially in this conference where everybody, everybody. and anybody can could beat, beat the crap you. out of us at home in Boston yeah. against a new record Should've crowd. Should have beat App. They kicked a 54-yard field goal. Yeah, they gave up a couple plays late um, to get them in in uh, manageable field goal range. And, yeah, they can beat you. Texas State looks like they can win the West. Um, they beat, the, yeah, the absolute Texas State looks dog like crap out of, out of uh, Southern Miss. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Old Dominion is, is a complete – Enigma um, and and Jekyll on high team, but they can be by Marshall's undefeated, JMU's undefeated, uh, Georgia State Georgia just State. lost, but I mean certainly they're going to be out for blood as always when they play us. Um, it's yeah, you cannot take anyone for granted in this conference. No, 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 and because the moment that you do, the moment that you start thinking that that we are this hot you know, great, fantastic team. And the moment you think that you can just walk out there to a football field and, and think that you can just win because of what you did two, three weeks ago or the last two or three weeks prior, previous, you're going to get smacked in the face and you're going to get beat by two or three scores. And all those good accolades are going to go away. And the special season that you thought you had is down the drain. So I think, honestly, I said earlier today or in the in the show to – we have to win the bye. Yep. The next seven weeks, seven games that we have comes down to can we win the bye? Are we taking it focused? Are we are we going after what we need to do, improve what we need to do, heal what we need to do, and come out and beat probably what I consider is the best team in the Sun Belt right now yeah. and has been for the last two Correct. seasons. And, and, and if we do – then by God, can we put that behind us, focus on it, and say, you know what, we haven't won anything. We're not even a bowl-eligible team. Let's go out there and beat ULM, and then so forth. Who cares about Georgia State? They done kicked our butts three years in a row. Let's go out there and beat their yep. team, and then so forth and so off. You get in November. We haven't played good we November in five freaking yep. years, if not longer. Let's go out Marshall there and show everybody November, that we – You get Texas State yeah. in November. You get, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot to prove in this team that no matter how you win or who you beat, you still have something to prove each and every week. And then, then yeah, at the end of the year, if we have a Sun Belt championship and we have some big-time bowl victory and loop de da who cares, great. We can celebrate it in December or January. Right. But there's nothing to celebrate now. Yeah, you celebrate the build-up to it. of Or, yeah, yeah like you, you reflect back – on what got you there, but yeah, yeah, nothing to celebrate right now. It's all about, it's where it's, it's a road, right? I mean, it's a road trip. Like you're not celebrating every stop along the way. You celebrate once you get to your destination. So mm-hmm. destinations, the Sun Belt championship. Um, and, and yeah, this was, this was just one speed, speed bump or, or, you know, uh, a big curve in, in, in that. And we were able to navigate it, but now we got to put that behind us and, and, look at the next obstacle and that next obstacle yep. is, is James Madison. So uh quick sidebar, coastal Twitter, absolutely on fire. Um, <laughs> absolutely on fire. And I, I'm here for it and I love it. Um, fire Tim Beck is trending. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, it, it's bad. They're, 
people were even pointing fingers at, at Grayson McCall after the four picks. It's they're they're self destructing, and and I, I you, you love to see it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's great. But um, yeah, Cody, I, I don't know. I don't think there's too much else to cover. I know. Again, like a quick programming note. I guess we we mentioned this last week. Um, with the bye week, this will probably be our our last episode leading up to it. So. Um, you know, unless something, crazy unless, happens, yeah, unless there's big news, um, or unless maybe we have like a special episode where we get like, I was thinking maybe if like the, the JMU, they have a couple podcasts and they, they all do a great job up there. Um, you know, yeah. And if, if they reach out and want us on the show and, and they return the favor, maybe we have like a bonus episode behind them yeah. enemy lines type deal. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, this is that show, right? So for two weeks, yeah. this is the recap of Coastal. This is the preview of um, of James Madison. So we're not going to get into like Sunbelt scoreboard um, here because all that's going to change in a week. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're we're definitely in the driver's seat. James Madison's in the driver's seat. Marshall's in the driver's seat. Um, and this game coming up is going to be absolutely huge in determining really who that contender and who that pretender is you're right um this this game is a huge huge determining factor so uh with that yeah cody um we'll pick it up most likely in two weeks hopefully five and one um (laughs) and uh hopefully hopefully, (laughs) and uh and and yeah and have good things to say about recapping that game up there in virginia um, looking forward to that, playing them up there for the first time. Again, great venue, a great fan base. Uh, honestly, I'm really happy with that addition to the Sun Belt. Like, they've just been a, a, a terrific addition. Um, obviously, yeah. geographic footprint. Um, and they're competitive across multiple sports, are. not just they football. Are a great softball team, um, good men's soccer. Yeah, like, really good there. Um, yeah, just probably of the four best edition i'd say and then it was the first and the only football edition that's right? tough to say marshall's a marshall's good edition. marshall's good edition yeah yeah number marshall's one good. in men's soccer um yeah um national championship under their belt there um yeah yeah i mean all, all of them were i i know uh southern miss didn't really work out the way people thought um, just yet, but they they can turn around. They got a great baseball school. They got a great baseball school. They got a really good like facilities, really cool football stadium, proud tradition, right with Brett Favre and the the defenses <laughs> back in the day, and uh, not not stealing money, Brett Favre, but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, James Madison, like I, I I hate that I can't make the trip. I'd wanted to make that trip um it's a absolute beautiful part of the country so if you can make that trip if you're on the fence and and think you can make it um definitely try to uh yeah the shenandoah valley just absolutely beautiful up there um stadium looks great Uh, obviously we've never visited it um but have been nearby the town and all that and um yeah like it seems like just a a great great venue for for college football so looking forward to a good game competitive game um and uh hopefully we come away with a victory proved it five and one and uh with that cody as always hail southern hail southern matt